Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What is up, Blue Jays fans? Happy Canada Day Eve. Uh, different K, we'll discuss that later in the show, but in terms of Canada Day and baseball, we have lots to talk about in relation to Canada's baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Craig, how are you doing, my friend? As everybody notices, we are down a man tonight. Adam is on the injured list, but you and I are healthy and ready to go. How's it going? As long as he's on COVID, COVID protocol list, I think we're good to go. <laughs> so, yes. But on that one. Yes, um, our buddy Adam is a little under the weather, and we'll be back up from the IL, I would hope, next week. Adam, shout out. We miss you. It's not going to be the same without you tonight, but we will be having fun one way or the other, but it's not the same. (laughs) But anyway, Brendan, this is almost like a throwback. We broke our Cal Ripken-like streak. I think that was on like 77 or 78 episodes in a row with the three of us. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, the Cal Ripken Street is done uh, as of right now. Uh, but the other thing is, it, this is taking me back to when you and I first started this. And it's different. It's, it isn't the same anymore without Adam. But we're going to try to uh, make up for the lost and wounded soldier this evening. Um, plus, Craig, you name- plus the fact that you're on, like, literally, like, we don't, what are you, lost in the wilderness now? You're on mobile network. You're just calling yeah, into the yeah. show to host and, you know, literally phoning it in this week. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, we- with a four-day weekend upcoming, had to get out of the city or had to get out of the kitchen area uh, and get up into the woods and be able to go something. But yes, no, it is a long weekend here in Canada, long weekend coming up in the United States as well for us. And there's going to be a lot of baseball over the next little while. Um, lots to talk about, Craig. 
uh, you uh, appropriately named this episode title. Oh my God, a trade already, uh, because that was pretty much my reaction when this trade came through yesterday. What were your original thoughts when you saw that the Blue Jays, as I wouldn't call this trade a splash, but for this earlier in the year, it's a pretty big deal. But for, it, it's literally for the fact that did we see anything coming in the next? I was expecting at least like maybe the week before the you know All Star break, and we're what? How many weeks away from the All Star break? About two, three. Two, two now, yeah. Ballpark. So yeah. yeah, I figure as soon as they got back from that, that or even maybe over that weekend, somebody might have gotten dealt. But hey, this is exactly what we needed. We have something that you know for our bullpen. Simber has been a wonderful you know reliever for a lot while and then you get a nice piece like Corey Dicker with clearly the money part of this whole thing yeah, yeah. but in all reality who cares we got Simba for a few years Dickerson is a great outfielder why I don't know I know we'll get into more depth on that whole thing but the fact that this happened already this shows that they're actually sick about actually making this a a go this season you know it's one thing to have the best offense in baseball it's another thing to have anybody that can keep you ahead of the ball game and we saw what that's been doing over the last what month for the toronto blue jays baseball yeah craig i gotta read this uh this comparison to you because you started to go down this road the fact that they're making trades to address the bullpen already shows that they are going to be serious shy davidi compared the 2021 blue jays to the 2015 blue jays uh, before they made the trade deadline deals, team saying they're like a mansion with a leaky basement. Fix the basement, and you have a full mansion. I think they will fix the basement, and this is the start of that. This is the start of that bullpen that was incredibly leaky over the course of the last what would I probably say about a month now. The bullpen has been costing this teams. This team has an incredible run differential, just like the 2015 team, but yet they're treading right around the 500 mark because they couldn't just hold on to some more leads and be closer to 10 or 12 games above 500, which is probably where they should be by their... Is it called Very the much so, I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Pythagorean standing thing that they have on MLB.com now, which is kind of cool, shows that they should be like 11 or 12 games above 500 right now, but they're not. And so yeah. Adam Simber starts to address that, Craig. Where do you see him fitting in in this bullpen? Because you mentioned it. He's been a solid reliever. For not really a household name, but Simber was very much... Um, a trade target of many teams back before when he was dealt from the Padres to the Indians uh, back in 20, was it 2018 or 2017 when Simber was dealt first? But yes, uh, where do you going to fit in really nicely as well? Be able to, you're not all the way to the back end guys like the Romanos and eventually, you know, some of the other company that we hopefully have coming back here, but he is one of those guys that should fit right in just before that, or be one of these guys that does step up when you need him to. The best thing about him for the Blue Jays bullpen is we have a lot of guys that throw gas right now yes. in our bullpen. He doesn't throw hard, but it's also a completely different look than what anybody is ever going to see coming out because he's that kind of that wonky sidearm pitch. He's almost some, he's not quite all the way to a submarine guy. I don't think. But He's it is close. definitely a full extension to your. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing for the Blue Jays as far as them, it, regardless of the fact that you, you got somebody like before Romano, everybody's done. I don't care what anybody says, because that is just the biggest change of pace in the world. You got one guy that's topping about 89, 90, and then a basically almost triple digits with Romano. So <laughs> it's slightly nuts, right? It's nuts. When was the last time? I can't think. I was thinking about this on the drugs today. When was the last time the Blue Jays had a. Uh, close to submarine or a side armor i don't remember it loop was maybe the closest to a sidearm but going that low to the ground i don't remember the last time a blue jays had a pitcher like that i think you're going back to 93 and the guy's name is unfortunately escaping me right now 
<laughs> so, but even when you get to the point, well, you know, the Blue Jays have uh, had a lot of guys that are three quarter slot guys. Yeah. Then going down a little bit more than that, Dwayne Ward was pretty much a side armor almost. But, you know, this is very exciting. Guys are going to first off be like, wow, there's guys that throw like that, especially the casual fan that's might be getting into the game with, you know, with the Blue Jays, just with the Vladimania and the Boba Shet stuff and everything. You know, this team is good. So it's going to attract all those people in that. And they're going to see this guy come out of the pen. And they're going to be like, wow, that's a little different. And then yeah. you're going to see that he's actually getting people out. It's going to be that much more exciting. Yeah, no, Simber so far this year uh, has appeared in 33 games with the Marlins, 34 and a third innings. Not a big strikeout guy, Craig, but, and he's also not really a big ground ball guy. He's to a 288 ERA, a 332 FIP, and a 0.4 F war. So it's been a solid, it's, it's been a solid season for Simber. And he's always been a guy who contributed at least a little bit, even in his probably season, which was 2020, which was the case for a lot of different. 2020 it's uh it's the start of fixing the bullpen it's a guy who i would probably say cements nicely into maybe the seventh inning role and i don't know about you craig but this kind of reminds me simber in a way not a sexy name not a guy who will light up the radar a guy who might get hit around from time to time kind of reminds me when the blue jays picked up mark low a guy who was having a really good year back in 2015 and low got some pretty innings in the seventh inning during the playoffs and even the the stretch run into there so if he can have an impact like that Simber will be a nice and welcome addition to this bullpen. Even to that point, he could be Latroy Hawkins all over again. Yeah, which you know. is okay, but it's, it's better Both than Both of them did all right. Yeah. So that's going to work out well. Especially in, and right now, if he turns out to be one of those guys for the Blue Jays and just continues the status quo with what he's doing right now, this bullpen's going to get very well, very good very quickly because not only do you got that, did, did anybody notice that Johnny Axe is back in my leagues? Yeah. Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and mind you, he pitched really good for Team Canada, too. So there could be something there to that, too. Plus, he actually has the hometown advantage kind of thing going on, being a Blue Jay fan himself. He wants to do good for this team. There's another guy you can throw into that equation that, you know, between guys like Simber and uh, what was that, Barnes, the other guy that we got recently from the Mets. Barnes, yep. Yep. So those two guys slot up going toward, you know, filling up that middle area there. And then if you can get a couple guys like, Johnny Axe back quick. It just lengthens that whole thing out that much more. We were relying on too much of on the Anthony Castro's and uh, Joel Piamps of the worlds. Um, they did great for such a long time, but after that, there was just too many innings for them to eat up. And obviously, suffered, and we just saw them get sent back down to the minor leagues to create room for Stephen Matz and uh, and for Simber today. Right? Was that the move? I haven't seen the that move yet. I was driving. I believe that was the move. Okay, interesting. I'm gonna have to take. And then the other one was the fact they had to make a room on the 40-man roster as they uh, DFA the other uh, Belevin Brevin. I forget his name. The bigger guy, Jeremy Beasley. Yes, that's it. (laughs) So that was the other part of the move to get Simber on the 40-man roster. Yeah, Craig, you started some of those bullpen names you're mentioning: John Axford, um, Jacob Barnes, who they picked up. And I know there's still another half of the trade to dissect and go through, um, but I want to kind of take the conversation this way because that's just the way it was going. Um, John Heyman and Robert Murray both reported today that the market for Richard Rodriguez, the Pirates closer, has been heating up a little bit over the last couple of days. And they very both specifically mentioned the Blue Jays' interest in Richard Rodriguez. Now, we heard a lot of interest in the Blue Jays this past winter. Some of it came true with the signing of George Springer. So people were starting to get a little disappointed when some other signings didn't happen because people were like, oh, they're just being used as leverage. 
So I think you're going to see the Blue Jays connected to quite a few relievers throughout the course of the next few weeks before the trade deadline. But Craig, Richard Rodriguez is a bit of a stud at Pirates bullpen, and not many people might know him because he's on the Pittsburgh Pirates. But my goodness, I'm just pulling up his Fangraphs page right now, Craig. And as I scroll down, he's having a hell of a season. He's yeah. pitching to 1.78 ERA and a 1.2 F4 for a reliever. That's pretty remarkable. And he's this is the second time he's been upwards of the in the ones for F4 in his career. So, Craig, how much are you buying this interest in Richard Rodriguez? And how much would you pay for him? Because he's a guy that not know, but it might cost an arm and a leg prospect-wise to get him, especially if they do this in the next couple of days or weeks. Yeah, if they, if they do that in the next few weeks, I don't care what the price is. Yeah. I really, at this point, you know, and um, I think I believe in that article earlier, and I'm trying to scavenge my way to find it, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, there's some guys on that roster that we could eat some money for the pirates to free up and get somebody like Rodriguez back. So I think Gregor Polanco was the one that we were, that was the article for. And um, I think it was uh, John Heyman that might've wrote. No, it wasn't John Heyman. I forget. (laughs) So I think it was, but anyway, it was a great article of some guys that could, the blue Jays could target the guy they really want, but get something salvageable back that, you know, it's just money at that point for the rest of the season kind of thing. But it, it works. If that's how you end up having to acquire that kind of guy and that free, you're giving the pirates two things at that stage. You're taking somebody off there. They really don't need and don't want to keep paying for. And then they're also giving them some prospects in return. And then we're getting the guy we need for right now. And yeah. he would have some control for the next three seasons. I believe was what I thought I saw. Yeah. Is that what it was? 2020. So, Okay, so either way, now that is not the Blue Jays sacrificing the farm right now for a rental. You give them the prospects they need, you eat some cash, get that guy in this thing, and we continue to just blow the window open early here on the Toronto Blue Jays because this offense is too good to waste. On paper right now, this is a better offense. And this is, mind you, with what, a week of George Springer sprinkled in? (laughs) (laughs) This offense is better than anything we had in 92 93, the late 80s, 2015-16, we are already on pace to eclipse both the, all those offenses in Toronto Blue Jays history. So it's very, very special. I think the only offense right now that was possibly going to eclipse them was the 2003 Toronto Blue Jays. And that was the <laughs> that was the year that the Blue Jays Delgado everything, peak yeah. of his career. They had Troy Gloss in the lineup. It was just nuts, right? <laughs> so yeah. that was good stuff for the Blue Jays, but. You can't waste it. You got to go after somebody like Rodriguez. I agree, hundred percent. It's uh, I'm glad to see so much activity early with Simber and Corey Dickerson to see them address it so aggressively this early on. And if this if this true, and if Richard Rodriguez, let's just say, is traded to the Blue Jays, I'm going to give this front office so much props for not waiting around any longer and being like, guys, like. We have a chance over the course. Look, because the Blue Jays are rest of the way out, Craig. We've talked about this a few times. You're on out. Let's get the hardest. Part. Now. Exactly. Crush it. We've been doing exactly week. Exactly. Make your trades now. Fix that leaky basin of the mansion and go on a run. Kind of like the 2015. And yeah. I can't remember how tough this back half of the schedule was. But I, I don't think it was overly tough. I'm we starting ran to see the Red Sox a lot. Yeah. I think that was the thing. But we got most of the Yankees, I think, out of the way in that, se- yeah. that season. 
I think we might have had to play him a home or runaway series like that of the year, but that was it. September was Red Sox and after- yeah, pretty much exactly. So yeah, yeah, I love the fact that they're interested in Rodriguez. Um, he's a great arm. Uh, again, kind of a name that not many people will be familiar with if you're a casual baseball fan because he's on the Pirates and the Pirates. Have- but he's a stud at the back end of the bullpen. So if they add Rodriguez, a horse to that thing. Yeah, the one big piece to that whole thing is everybody forgets that's where Ben Sherrington went to go be the GM. True. So he knows if we are going to be making a trade with the Pirates. He knows the exact guys he unfortunately wants to steal from our yeah. farm system. <laughs> In the midst of that, it's going to end up being a closer to a fair trade that the Blue Jays are getting the guy they want now in Rodriguez. Like I said, maybe something in the Polanco ballpark like we called out. And it was Nick Ashburn, by the way, of Yahoo okay. Sports Canada that yeah. had this article. It was a great read, by the way, everybody. We'll talk about it a little bit here, obviously. But um, in the midst of this whole thing, though, then Ben Charrington is going to get the guys he wants. And the Pirates, I think, have one of the better young farm systems that's extremely underestimated. Yeah, in the baseball right now. That key, that key Brian Hayes is going to be something special. Yes, and is. if you can get some guys to get into him in the next, they build that team up to hit three years from now. That's going to be a heck of a ball club for the, in Pittsburgh for them to be able to do, you know, regain the studentship kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> get back to the team that peaked at the wrong time in that division in the early 2010s when uh, when the Cardinals were amazing and even the Reds were pretty Cubs. good. Yeah. Yeah, come to exactly. So Pirates peaked at the wrong time, and hopefully they choose the right time this time around. But yeah, it's uh, it's incredible uh, to see them being this aggressive this early uh, in the off or sorry, not even off season. My goodness, uh, before the trade deadline with like almost a month to go before the deadline. Um, and if man, if they continue to take advantage of this little while, and the bullpen gets healthier, like we got to remember that too. Uh, Baraki's going to come back soon. Uh, Rafael Delis is starting to throw again. And I know Delis has had a very up and down season, like extremely up and down season. Uh, but even he is a guy that you need back in that bullpen. You had Simber and you had Rajat. When it gets healthy, you could have a very nice bullpen the rest of the way out. And that could lead to some nice winning streaks for this team. Yeah. I do want to mention the other two trades that actually were yeah, in that yeah, article. Cool. Is I think if you, I think you read it right, but yeah. I just think the Blue Jays fans will find this extremely interesting. Well, what a chance in hell to unfortunately get done because the one team's in contention, and that's the St. Louis Cardinals that they were talking about here, and possibly being able to steal Giovanni Gallegos, who is one of the more premier, where he gets up and coming guys, but because he plays in St. Louis. People yep. might actually know who he is. Yeah. This kid could be one of the better relievers in baseball, and it could be insane. But to get him the how I was mentioning the Gregor Blanco thing, they have a ton yep. of money invested in Matt Carpenter still, and and Matt Carpenter could still help us out. First, second, third yes. guy, and maybe there's something at least in the tank there for him to be a pro, that professional that Joe Panic was to the team, but with a little bit more going on. Panic. Who was the flip side of today's trade for, or the other day's trade for Simber and uh, Corey Dickerson? Yep. But then you get Gallegos, and then the other one was um, getting Ian Kennedy, but having to eat Kyle or Lyles' contract from the Texas Rangers at the same time, with mm-hmm. us eventually having to send prospects back to some fashion. But yep. <laughs> they thought we could throw in Danny Jansen, funny enough, for that St. Louis Cardinals oh. trade. <laughs> Um, and I can't remember who the other one was, and I'm find, not finding it because it was not in a chart like all the other ones. But anyway, <laughs> that would be us getting somebody that's more of that back end guy, like that premium closer we were talking about. I think Romano is that guy right now, but that would be insane to see somebody like that come in and pair with him at the end of a ball game. That turns the leap, like you were just saying, to boom, done. 
And if you, I'm not making any more house jokes. He says, this reminded me of Tom <laughs> Hanks in that Money Pit movie, and I don't want it to come into that. <laughs> Absolutely. No more, no more house <laughs> this episode. But yeah, no, that's a, that was a good find, a really good article. And if they can do that, which I'm sure they've already started doing that with this trade by taking on Corey Dickerson's money to get Simber at a lower cost of a guy I didn't even know was in their system. Who was it? Adam McInavale or whatever his name is? Oh, he's pretty down on the ways, but um, I, I, <laughs> wasn't even aware of that gentleman so that, yeah. that's saying something that this shows how little uh i've been able to have the luxury of watching minor league baseball this year exactly yeah but yeah no great deal and even touched on the other half of it uh because we obviously focus on the bullpen side of things craig the blue jays did get Corey dickerson in this trade too he is a guy who probably quite a few blue jays fans would remember his time on the tampa yeah. bay Rays, and probably loathed slightly <laughs> Yeah, no, is probably the right word because he always seemed to kill the Blue Jays. Um, Prelder, he plays some first base, DH, do all that kind of stuff. So kind of is a little bit of a log jam whenever he gets healthy, which I believe I read they're hoping for shortly after for Corey Dickerson to come back. He's in a walking boot uh, currently. But Craig, I don't know about you. When I saw that they were getting Corey Dickerson uh, as well in this trade, my first thought was Rowdy Telez you are in trouble. I don't know if that's where your mind went or if you're maybe thinking with maybe an outfielder being dangled in one of these trades for a reliever, but uh, pick it up and uh, take it from there as, uh, as your, as your lead into this topic. Yeah. Corey Dickerson is a guy that's generated a 13.7 career war. So that's, there's something to that. He's, he's closer to being the guy of his career averages than what we've seen for him in a Miami Marlins uniform. So, We've been getting, like I said, unfortunately, Miami is, over the last couple of years, has been that place where careers kind of go to die, right? Yeah. <laughs> it used to be. Remember that? Fred McGriff's, the Wade Boggs's way back in the day, you know, that's where you know, the careers ended. <laughs> <laughs> but Corey Dickerson was that guy that got stuck there. And in the midst of that, this is, the, I think, he, his career needs is being traded to somebody that can actually drive him as a contender. The catch being... The Blue Jays have a shit ton of outfielders right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, because you're going to talk, this is a team that I I honestly still think there's a place for Giants in this system and possibly on this major league ballpark team. So now he gets pushed off into no man's land to basically, you know, play out in Buffalo. Right. But now, like you said, Rowdy Telez is quote unquote, the left-handed bat off the bench. I see where, he is a better player than Corey Dickerson. Corey Dickerson's been on teams that have been close to the playoffs, in the playoffs, and so on and so forth. Roddy Telez has been extremely regressed this season, and I don't know because of his you know his approach or what's going on. So I don't see how you can take him when you have a major league ready guy that is a career 282 batting average. <laughs> it's just one of those things I can't spell out. And then the worst case scenario on this whole thing is another guy that can help spell the outfielders as we rotate around the DH outfield, you know, whatever it might be. But I do think there is a point where you've got to get Corey Dickerson enough bats because this is a guy that could be an all-star still. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think he's what, 28, 29, something like that. Oh, he's 32. Okay. He's older than I thought, but still 32 ain't dead in baseball and he's a hell of a player. (laughs) So, and he can play some slick defense in all the outfield positions. 
to your point, Brendan, I think he played some first base in the minor leagues, but it's someone as baseball reference. Okay. For some so, reason, I think the Rays had him at first base for a little while. I Maybe feel like was- I saw that too. Maybe it was a postseason game or something like that. But yes, yeah. he was an all-star in 2017. That yeah. wasn't that long ago, people. <laughs> and then he batted three years after that. He's a <laughs> so, solid player, man. He's a solid player. Uh, it's definitely a piece that can help them. It'll lengthen the lineup even more when he's in there and he's back, uh, as opposed to having Rowdy or somebody else in there. It's a very nice bat to insert, especially as a lefty. And somebody, I forget what B was, but they said that the Blue Jays were going after Corey Dickerson even in the offseason, like this past offseason. He fits they were their plan. Good. He does, very much so. And it's no surprise that he's a lefty bat. And then after they obviously didn't make the trade, they tried going to get, to get Michael Brantley, another left-handed older outfielder guy. So there, this is a target of this team, and for good reason. <laughs> and it could be one of those guys that they feel like they know that last bit to, to fix it, too. You know, like we said, he's been off a little bit the last couple of years. Not horrible or anything, but in Miami, he's been 260 versus the 280s near 300 that he was doing the whole time he was with Tampa. So... Maybe they know what that last piece is to get his game back. But the thing that outside the rowdy call to get him in the, on the, uh, you know, roster, <laughs> I, I'm still completely baffled on how you carry five outfielders that are this good is yeah. the other part of this whole thing. And I'm seriously wondering if this is the tipping point for a Loris Gurriel Jr. or sell high on Randall Gritchick, yeah. both of who have been on fire of late. Randall Gritchick is one of the RBI leaders in the American league and probably rightfully deserves an all-star spot. I guess I heard today officially that Teoscar's in. And so is along with Simeon. Um, <laughs> there was some that said that somebody I was seeing on Twitter that Teoscar's in that ballpark where he's got almost enough votes. So he has a chance. He's made it to what they call because they did the way that it is different this year, I believe from years past. They trimmed it down. And if you had enough votes, you move on to the final voting. So Teoscar is very much in the equation. Correct. Where uh, obviously we already know that Vlad and Semyon are going to be running with it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. As they should be. They're two of the best players in the American League. Yeah. But to that point, though, who is going to be taking at bats away to give them to Corey Dickerson? Right now, I'm unfortunately looking kind of in the direction of Loris Gurriel Jr. and Randall Gritchick. And I wouldn't tell you right now, one of you guys is the more likely of the two. I'd almost give you a 50-50, maybe slightly leaning toward watching Lourdes lose some at-bats. Yeah. And that's only because Randall Gretschek's been a consistent RBI machine. Yeah, it's it's close, man. And if they were to not make a trade, and let's just say maybe some time, and you have Dickerson back, he's in the outfield, you put him in a DH, then still another outfielder has to sit because you still have Springer, Gritschik, Lourdes, and Teoscar. So somebody of those five will always be on the bench, even if Rowdy Plan and Dickerson's There's a sixth wild card in that, too. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Biggio is in that ballpark, too. Because is he going to be taking third base reps or is he going to be taking outfield reps? Right now, Very- it's been a wild card on that whole thing. So now that's another guy in that log jam. Because... We've said it on this show many a times that Sam's best third baseman this team has. And that's because he can actually play the position, not so much hit at it. But to that point, he's been actually doing a pretty decent job of late hitting. I think he's what, at 250, 240 for a rookie. That's great stuff. But at least he's now one of the utility infielders with um, Kevin Biggio at this point. 100%. At least until they figure out what the Corey Dickerson math is. (laughs) 
Yeah, it'll be interesting because I just checked. He is a free agent at the end of the year. And I don't know. I know he's in Milwaukee. We're hoping to get him back at some point this year. I don't know if it's possibly a case that he doesn't even play a game for the team. I, I can't remember what his injury is. But that's the only other thing I can think is they're like, eh, Dickerson might be done for the year. You take on his money just to free him up, stash him on the aisle and pay him. We'll give you Simber for a nobody. So... I don't know. And that's kind of what we did because they still haven't named the other minor league reliever or arm or whatever that was going back, right? His yeah. minor league pitcher. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, uh, you know what, Craig, to sum it all up, what are your thoughts? Because there was no negativity on Twitter, finally, at uh, a Blue Jays move uh, from this because how could there be? Because there's a reliever that we don't even know existed in the minor leagues and somebody else who hasn't even been late. So what are your final thoughts in the, on the trip for Simber and Dickerson? You flipped literally nobody and somebody that was going <laughs> to on a minor league contract. As much as I loved watching Joe Panic as a Blue Jay, he's not going to be the guy that tips this over for the Blue Jays to a super season for him, right? <laughs> so you're trading it for a piece that's going to possibly open and anchor the team where it needs to be anchored. And that's what we got. And if we get something else out of Corey Dickerson, great. Or if we turn around like you were just kind of alluding to and do a fast flip on him, even if we have to eat some of the money and he's the guy that's the extra icing on the cake for some other team to take and give us what we need. Great. You know, for all I know, he could be the guy that's trading the Gregor Polanco slash Rodriguez trade here that we've been alluding about. Yeah. He played, didn't he play with Pittsburgh too? <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he had some good years in Pittsburgh, bad. 393. Damn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 293, not 393. 293. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. No, you never know. But. It's possible. It's uh, yeah. Uh, it was a great trade. It really was. There is nothing wrong with it. It, uh, it was honestly perfect. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, very extremely happy that they're m- making moves and they're that concerned about where the state of the team is currently. And I think, like you said, they see the urgency of being able to win these games now and be able to start running with some of this stuff against the uh, Seattle Mariners and uh, Orioles of the world. Yeah, 100%. And that is. We still should have won all those games against the Orioles, though. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> you, you, sir, you get segue points. So that's exactly where we're going next. <laughs> There's your points. Uh, you, you nailed it. Last week we recorded also on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday or Thursday last week that we recorded? It was Wednesday, right? I think it was Wednesday. One of I get in the head all too often to remember well, that shit, man. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Wednesday, and we were recording during the Blues game last week. They I ended up going to win and sweeping them. So Craig, they swept the Marlins and then they welcomed in the Orioles starting Thursday through this past Sunday. And to your point, they should have won all four games. They would have, if not for a bullpen collapse on Friday, uh, crazy how that always seems to happen, but they still took, they still did what they needed to do. They won three out of four games and they've gotten off to a good start in the Mariners series so far. Craig, any final thoughts from the Marlins series? I know we kind of touched on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I should have been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad they dropped the ticket prices down to 29 bucks American. So maybe I'll be able to get my ass down the highway. <laughs> yes. Have you, have you looked since they've dropped the prices? I can literally walk up that day. It's sad. It's almost embarrassing that Buffalo's not out like they were when they were uh, minimal capacity. But hey, it is what it is. The Blue Jays will be strong one way or the other. And to that point, it is at least seeming like a home game, regardless of, you know, all the other stuff going on. I saw like two Mariners fans in the stands lat yesterday on the TV yeah. feed. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> That's a long trip. They can't invade our ballpark when we're too used to doing it to them. No, I know, right? That would be a long way to go. <laughs> Unless sure. Ken Griffey Jr. is coming out of retirement. What are you seeing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, what the heck was it? I think it was minor leaguer on uh, um, Twitter the other day said, I see London. I see Thai France. I see Abby Ray's incredibly tight pants. Okay. <laughs> that was minor leaguer would tweet out too. <laughs> I would have Classic DJ Twitter. <laughs> Classic DJ Twitter. But yeah, Craig, what were your thoughts on uh, the Marlins series? Obviously, they took three out of four, which is fine. I'm happy with that. But to your point, they should have taken all four games. What stood out to you? Vladdy Jr. Player of the Week. Come on. <laughs> Did you see the stat of um, how many home runs he has in his career total right now and his dad's comparison? Yeah, it was, was it exactly 50 on the dot? Eight games to the day, to the game. 50 home runs each of them. That's nuts. That's nuts. How the hell do you do that? You scripted it. <laughs> Somebody would have inevitably missed it by a hair and it wouldn't have went out or something like that. But both him and his father took 258 games. That's just mind-boggling. So yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. But the, the right things happened in that series. The pitching stepped up. The bullpen was actually pretty solid for that those two games. And off the charts like it's been. So, yeah, perfect. They took advantage of terrible pitching, to say the least, this past weekend. Scoring what a they, I think the Marlins scored a whole four, point, four runs, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was like nothing. And that's the kind of stuff you would expect with who we had the mound, but game of craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Craig, Ross, Ross Stripling continues to impress, and he pitched very well on Sunday. Um, is it a coincidence that since he – I know we kind of touched on this last week, but it, a coincidence that as soon as he figured it out, the rotation truly has stabilized a little bit, and it's getting even more stabilized tonight with Steven Matz returning. Yeah, I honestly think the reason the bullpen hasn't been a glaring – oh my God, everything's horrible. Like watch the team like self-destruct level is because of the thing of Ross Stripling. Yeah. That he's been eating up six innings consistently each game now. And then all of a sudden you get that, you know, and that's six innings, the bullpen that and all that roughness that we were describing, didn't have to worry about covering up. He was doing those previous, like what he's been solid right now for about eight starts. Knock on yeah. desk. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I said, I, I am ready to send Chase Utley a care. I'm not even kidding. He's <laughs> thank him for the fact that he helped fix Ross Stripling with, hey, dude, stop biting your lip. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, eh? Like, my goodness. How does he notice that? Like I said, it's not like he's sitting on the sidelines. He's sitting there like a jackass, like us watching it on yeah. TV. It's not like somebody's sending him Blue Jays inside. He's still ha- quasi hanging out in L.A. with the Dodgers, you know? <laughs> exactly. exactly. No, it's nuts. It's been so good to see. And that's contributed to the better run that this rotation has been on over the last little while. And truly, st- Craig, is this the run that we were, we were living to? A week ago, two weeks ago, maybe it was probably two weeks ago after just the terrible Yankee series. And we were just kind of all down in the dumps. But we look forward to this stretch with the two Marlins games, the four Orioles games, and the three Mariners games. So far, they've only been game in that stretch. Um, is this the run that we've been hoping for for a little while? Because it seems like they're finally putting it together, but also taking advantage of weaker opposition. It's not just the run we were looking for. It's the run we needed. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that's so... The fact that we're, what, four games above 500 right now? If you were going to tell me that a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, what what world are you dreaming in? And, you know, how much hashish do you have in your pipe? <laughs> Any of these, you know, ridiculous cliffs you could have said. In a million years, a few years ago, what I thought we would have been getting that consistency from Ross Stripling. This bullpen was clearly folding its cards. And 
it's just good to see that this is finally coming back to where it should be because we knew this offense was going to come. When you're averaging six runs of games and you're still losing games, <laughs> what do you do, man? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but no, they did what they needed to do, and they're continuing to lock that down. And like you said, with Steven Matz returning, at, it's only going to hopefully get more because the ups and downs that we've seen from from Steven Matz, he was still more better than, you know, you know, I'd say he was 60-40 Steven Matz awesome, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> or at least somebody who could be stable at the end of the rotation and just take his turn through, uh, through yeah. every few days. Even yeah. those rough starts, he was still getting five innings, you know? Yeah. It's not like he was completely imploding the fact, like those couple first Ross stripling starts where he was clearly doing the problem and tipping his pitches, exactly. barely making it out of the first inning, you know? You can't do that. We need to be clutch. We need to do it. We're far enough into the season that they have to put up or shut up like right now. Yeah, absolutely. And so tonight they're playing the Mariners again and tomorrow. Tonight they're playing Justice Sheffield, and it is against Stephen Meff has been terrible. Uh, his last, I think, it's four or five It's on freaking YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that YouTube. shit. <laughs> so it's not Dan or Buck or Pat, nobody, uh, no, nobody like that, but it is the YouTube broadcast. So far, they have two runners on from what I saw. Is there any score up to Craig? No, there's okay. one out in runners on the corners for uh, Mr. Teoscar Hernandez. Perfect. So. Oh, yeah, just one out, too. I got it. Yo, okay, perfect. There you go. So, it sounds like we're actually on sync thanks to YouTube for a change I instead know. of being 9,000 behind. So yeah. there might be one good thing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, YouTube, for keeping us on pace with where the game is actually at. But, yeah, I this, just had this dawning light bulb moment because, you know, we, we started this whole podcast for the fact that Adam and I were sick of listening to uh, Buck and Tabby. And then I kind of, you know, started doing that, just talked the whole game with him. And we were hoping to get more of this YouTube stuff that we do now where we can actually interact with the fans and stuff. I think next YouTube game to save Blue Jays fans from the youtube feed we should actually just you know do our show live again <laughs> that's not a bad idea that's not we a... can have blue our own little blue jay party so blue yes. jays fans next youtube game i think we're gonna have to make sure we uh give everybody a nice warm uh place to congregate rather than hearing the random crap that's going on on this broadcast yeah. right now <laughs> not a bad idea at all man that's not a bad idea at all but yeah they should anyway. take advantage of tonight they should take it. Well, tomorrow is probably going to be their toughest game because it's against Yusei Kikuchi, who's had himself a nice season. But also, Hanjin Ryu is going tomorrow. Craig, give us a prediction, not for the games that we really predict, but the next two games, just these two games with the Mariners. Do they split it or do they end up sweeping the series and winning the whole series 3 nothing? Yeah, I need them to sweep. I'm sorry to say that there was, with, like you said, with uh, Sheffield having as many problems as he had, and I don't care what's going on tomorrow with pitching. We have our ace on the mound. And not going to be mean or anything, but he's been kind of rough the last few starts. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's pissed off and wants to come out and just be like, don't forget about me. I'm the ace of this team. You know, yeah, it's not Robbie Ross Ray. Stripling, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking this back. But yeah. And I think he can do that in spades tomorrow night. I really yeah. do. I hope so, too. I'm with you there. I think they win tonight, take advantage of Sheffield. And tomorrow might be a squeaker. I know it's day game, Canada day. Uh, but uh, I think they could win a squeaker tomorrow, and maybe it's something like a a four three or four two ball game, and they end up winning. They they need the sweep to be perfectly honest with you. If they win tonight, they're six games above five hundred at forty two and thirty six, and the Rays are falling quickly ever since they since lost. took over the Yankees, right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, the team is trending in the right direction, Craig. Uh, over the last little while, it's starting to be fixed. The bullpen uh, was uh, and all that stuff. But yes, 
Tomorrow is Canada Day, Craig, to start putting a bow on tonight's episode for the two of us, which is different than uh, without our normal trio. Um, Craig, what are some time of- guy. No, I- <laughs> what are what are some of your favorite Canada Day memories from games? No, you've been to a Canada Day game before at the Rogers Center, right? I have. I actually went for the whole weekend, the year that uh, Roy Halliday made his wonderful return trip. Right. Yes. So, yes. honestly, I think that highlight there my favorite just from uh you know, like i said it's one thing for me to watch it on tv and enjoy it and you know being as mer- immersed in canadian culture as i try to be yeah. <laughs> the, um being there that weekend it was knowing that roy holiday was in town there was different buzz around the, obviously the hall the actual holiday not holiday yeah. <laughs> but Watching that whole changing of the guard in Blue Jays fandom anyways, that weekend with watching Halliday come out and double for the first four or five innings and then watching Jose Bautista chip flip it around in a you know, a heartbeat. Hit yes. a home run off of the dead center field windows restaurant, you know. That was perfect to me. That summed it up and that was honestly something I needed to see and I didn't really even know it until I saw it. Yeah. It was just a perfect I'm with you. That was uh that was a crazy game. That was the game where John Roush almost um, destroyed the umpire. That I, and and Jimmy freaking rips his shirt off. I forgot about that at the end of the game. Uh, yeah, <laughs> after they went down a couple runs, and I forget, it was just some terrible calls behind home plate. But yeah, the six foot eleven or six foot ten scary tattooed John Roush almost killed an umpire and John Farrell. Yeah, and then Frank Francisco, Francisco I mean Francisco, comes out and ruins the rest of it. So that's who came in and, and ruined it. But yeah, that I don't know if you remember this game. It was back in 2015 before the trade deadline and all that kind of stuff. But um, the Blue Jays and the Red Sox, the 2015 Red Sox were terrible. And the 2015 version of Rick Porcello, kind of how we always joke about the odd year Rick Porcello. Porcello starts, gives up, I think, eight runs in the first two innings. So that's just what that Blue Jays offense did in 2015. But the first, I think it was the first two at-bats or maybe within his first three, Justin Smoke won from each side of the plate and just put them up and came out of reach. Yeah, that was fun to be in the flight deck for because balls were going out there like crazy. <laughs> it was the beginning of the establishment for uh, Joe or, uh, for Justin Smoke as uh, yes. for Blue Jays fans. That was the beginning. Yeah. That was a key moment for him to yeah. kind of favorite. I agree. So. I agree fully with that. But yeah, it's different, Craig, this year. Blue Jays obviously not being able to play in Toronto for Canada Day. They didn't last year, but there was also no baseball during Canada Day or the 4th of July last year at the end of July. So this year definitely hits... Uh, a little differently, but that is not to mention. Um, I told you and Adam this, and before we send our wishes to everybody to have a good Canada Day tomorrow, Fourth of July. Um, celebrate Canada Day carefully, Blue Jays, with what you do with this news that's coming out about the dead graves and bodies that are being found all around Canada uh, of Indigenous bodies that are being found under residential schools. Um, Canada Day tomorrow has a little bit of a black mark beside it, and we're not being sensitive by celebrating Canada Day and the Blue Jays baseball on Canada Day, but something that had to be acknowledged, and I just wanted to pass that note along to everybody listening. Celebrate Canada Day how you will, but just be a little mindful that it's probably shouldn't be as celebrated as normal uh, is what I'm trying to say. Just think about it a little bit more, but uh, yeah, I don't know if you had any thoughts on that or anything else to add about Canada day tomorrow or anything like that. No, those are just the unfortunate things that history um, comes up. Yeah. And it sucks. It shouldn't happen, but um, yeah. Praise and prayers and thoughts to the families and everything that, you know, all this news that is affecting, obviously. And yeah. our hearts go out to you. Yeah, no, you got our support. 
here on Jaybird watching. You absolutely do. Uh, Craig, we are down a man for picks to click this week and our record predictions, but why don't we assign Adam somebody after you and I make our picks? We get our first picks for being Oh, healthy. we're going to make him a pick? <laughs> <laughs> He's on a streak. Should we do that or not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Adam, why aren't you on the Twitter feed? Come on, yeah. text us. <laughs> well, last week, run through the picks, Craig. Who, who did everybody have last week? You had Hyunjin Ryu. Adam had George Springer, and I had Boba Bichette. Bull might take it with a homer last night. Yeah. And um, until that point, unfortunately, uh, to Adam's point, George Springer had a typical return, I think. He was there. He did a decent job, but it wasn't a, oh, my God, he's back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. He hasn't gotten hot. So, he hasn't seen like a crazy streak, but he's just been, you know, sprinkling in a couple hits here and there. Um, and Ryu, what, Ryu on Saturday gave up four runs. I know he still pitched, what, six and a third? Or something. It wasn't vintage Ryu, but he still got the win. Uh, but I don't think that's enough to overtake your pick of Boba Shet. Okay, um, pencil in then. Boba Shet, Craig wins. <laughs> so I'm uh, I'm doubling you and Adam up at this point now. Yeah. Two together, tie me. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> so maybe from now on, it's who uh, can Brandon Adam keep pace with Craig on his own, <laughs> which is hilarious because just to, just to recall, I didn't win. Any in the shortened season last year, and That's we kind of started doing it pretty damn late the year before that when we started doing this whole shindig. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I kind of like that bit with minutes ago too of random random quote from Blue Jay Twitter. I think we need to throw that into the show somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I that. You know, we can have another uh, Robbie Ray pants joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, who so, is your click for this week, Craig? You won. Do you get the uh, first? <sighs> You know what? Just because I'm going to be this guy because he has been riding a terror and it could be the last time he gets a chance because the real catchers for the Toronto Blues baseball might be coming back. I'm going to just say Reese McGuire. Fuck it. <laughs> Go for it, man. Go for it. I don't blame you for that. That's not bad. So in the midst of that, though, uh, for Blue Jays fans, for the update. Injury update, Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk were both in the lot of the Buffalo Bison slash Trenton Thunder last night. <laughs> so, and that's being recorded on a Wednesday. It was Tuesday. So there is some steam coming back that Reese McGuire wants to keep that job. He needs to stay hot. Better be kidding. <laughs> if he wants exactly, to keep it Exactly, because if he doesn't, he gone. <laughs> yeah. so that is actually a very smart pick of yours there, Craig. Um, who am I going to take? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this. I know I took him a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I'm going to do it again. I'm going to take Teoscar. Uh, I think he's due for a bit of a hotter week than normal uh, over the next little while. Um, I'm going to take And you know what? The, uh, the opposition uh, for the next few games before we record next, obviously the game tomorrow against the Mariners, but then there's three still in Buffalo against the Rays over the weekend and through 4th of July. They have Monday off. And then probably we'll record next week, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, and that's against the Orioles. So, yeah, Teoscar for me, for sure. There you go. That's a pretty good matchup for Teoscar. He always destroys the Orioles, too. So there's yeah. that. Um, can we continue. just be nice and give him Randall Gritchick, seeing we're playing the Rays? Hey, that's not a bad idea. Let's give Adam Randall Gritchick. Um, that was my other idea. I was like, you know, Randall Gritchick just always manages two home runs in a series against the Rays. I don't know how he does it. Yeah. So, okay. But anyway, That's, I think we should just let Adam text us and we'll uh, let sure. him rip us later. That's, yeah, we won't be that <laughs> mean uh, and punish you for having strep throat being on the injured list. But uh, there yeah, you go. 
what, <laughs> what about your record prediction over the next? Uh, I won't count tomorrow's game because I think we did that in our last episode. But so, so starting the race series for three, three and, and three, the series for three, three and two, three and th- uh, three and three over the next little while. Okay. Um, I think that weekend series against the Rays, even the home game. <laughs> the Rays. I'm hoping for two out of the three, but it is the Rays, and for some reason I just haven't. Yeah, you know, like you said, to the point that they've had a little bit of a hard luck lately. They always seem to play us hard, and I don't know how the hell they do it. I know. I'm, I'm hoping for two, three, but I think I'm gonna have to sell for one, and okay. then we damn well better take it to the Orioles. Yeah, so. I think I. I... I, I kind of want to say two out of three against the Rays just because they have been in a bit of a rut and it is in Buffalo. Um, you might pitch four two. My catch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick two out of three against the Rays and then I'm going to pick two out of three just to be safe against Baltimore because there's probably another bullpen meltdown in one of those games. So four and two over the next six games uh, yeah. against the Rays. To that Warriors. point, though, the Rays pitching has been pretty rough lately. That's true. Our That's offense true. has been clicking on all cylinders. And I think we just saw a single from George Springer. Oh, excellent. Yes. Oh. Yes. That is he the He starts sign. barreling it up. He's been just missing things. Yes. Just missing. So Hopefully it was nice that... to see him barrel off the lead off that, that inning. Oh, That's I even got here for one for you. Thanks to YouTube stats. A mere yeah, yeah. 108.4 miles per hour off the bat. Square. Nice. nice. Right the, you know, excellent. over the infield. Boom. Done. Perfect. So, good goal. Yes. Uh, yeah, us two just going uh, solo or duo this week as opposed to the normal trio. Craig, any final thoughts, any final words, both of our countries coming up before we record next? Anything else you want to say before we wrap it up with two claps and a Ric Flair? Where it works. Hopefully in the Blue Jay game. <laughs> yeah. In the Blue Jay game, yes, over the next couple of days for sure. And enjoy your 4th of July fireworks as well, everybody. <laughs> yes. Go. So I'm ready for it. Yes. <laughs> Happy Canada Day, everybody, however you choose to celebrate tomorrow. Uh, and happy 4th of July as well to all of our American listeners and two-thirds of our American co-hosts uh, as well. Enjoy the time of family, enjoy barbecues, uh, and all that fun stuff. But, Craig, with that, two claps and a Ric Flair. Yep. Woo! Let's Woo! go. Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.